This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. What up, everyone? Welcome back to the NBA Hoops at Lunch show here in the Outkick Bets podcast feed. I'm the host. Jeff Clark, and we are looking at three games in the Tuesday NBA slate recording January 31st, last day of the month, had a winning, off to a winning week, um, two and one on Monday, now I'm 30 and 29th in starting this podcast, I had a losing week last week, as you guys remember, obviously, so got some work to do, hopefully we can finish on a strong note and end our first month here in the NBA Hoops at Lunch show with a winning record. I'm feeling pretty confident about these Tuesday picks. I'll caveat that, though, by saying I generally do well Monday and give it back on Tuesday. So maybe, I don't know, lessen your unit or bet size if you're following me on this one. If you're fading me, maybe raise it um, a quarter of a unit because this has been like a year, year and a half long trend that I've noticed. But um, I, I, I come out of the weekend on fire, do really well Monday, and then usually suck on Tuesday. Hopefully that's not the case here. Monday, again, I went 2-1. and one. Uh, my, my loser was the over in the Pistons Mavericks game. That was also my first bet. Um, I went over 229.5 in the Pistons Mavericks. That game ended up closing at 232.5. So we got three points worth of closing line value, which is awesome. Closing line value, um, even though I talked shit about it recently, I think yesterday, in fact, it did help us in the next two games, but didn't help us enough in this game. Uh, we got closing line value on this one because we made a bet on the over before Luka Doncic's official game status was announced. Um, I like the over regardless of Doncic's game status. He ended up being um, ruled in, and he played phenomenally. I think he had 53 or 54 points, but he was pretty much the only thing, um, the only bright spot in Dallas's is weak offense. Again, the game ended 111 to 105, fell 13 and a half points short of the total that we bet. So, looks like an awful read. Looks like a terrible beat, or not a terrible beat, but an awful read um, by yours truly. However, if you look at the box score, these teams missed a combined 18 free throws. So, we were short by 16 and a half or 13 and a half points. They missed 18 free throws which is not to be expected of a professional basketball game. I watched this game, and I was pissed, let me tell you. But I think the closing line value kind of speaks to, I I don't know, how sound our handicap, my handicap was for this game. Um, I just can't do anything about 18 missed free throws. Dallas is an epically bad free throw shooting team. Not sure about Detroit, if I'm being honest, Um, but... 
again, 18 missed free throws just it can't be expected out of a out of a professional basketball game. So that's disappointing. But we got it back in the next two games. Um, I bet the under 221 and the Raptors Suns. We got one and a half points worth of closing line value in that one. They closed at 219 and a half. Um, and the Phoenix Suns actually won 114 to 106. So if you went over the closing number, you would have cashed. And if you went under the number that I gave out, which was 221, you would have hit. And it was obviously very sweaty. The first two quarters, in fact, went over the total, both of them. And the second two quarters went under the total. Um, Pascal Siakam took a three-pointer as time expired. Um, that obviously, if it went in, the over would have would have cash, and and our under would have been screwed there. So, um, I would say we got a little lucky based on how it trended, but. Also, if you if you watch the game like I did, you noticed about Phoenix and, and Raptors both were kind of shooting out of their ass in that first half and, and hitting shots that in, a, in an unsustainable way. So while it got there a little the way it got there was a little fluky, I would argue that the the under was the right side and uh, the under cash on the number we gave out. So. One and one going into the final game, which we also hit. I laid minus 130 with the Portland Trailblazers money line hosting the Atlanta Hawks. That ended up closing at Portland minus 205. So we got 75 cents worth of closing line value. I think the spread was minus two at that point. Portland closed as five and a half point favorites, which they didn't cover. So I I, I probably, um, not probably, I definitely missed out on some additional profit by not buying back a little bit of Atlanta plus five and a half, which again was the closing number. Um, But as far as our Portland bet, we got good injury news. It was something that we forecasted in the handicap. So it wasn't surprising to see that Trey young was ruled out. He was listed as questionable when I gave out the uh, pick yesterday Um, and Toronto or excuse me, Portland big juice of Nurkic ended up playing in that game which wasn't a big factor for my analysis and wasn't a big factor to the outcome of the game. But either way, we did get good injury luck, and that explains the $0.75 worth of closing line value. Dame Dame time clocked in for 42 points. He hit 17 of 17 from the free throw line. He was sensational against Atlanta. I I said that he usually lights up Trey Young. Well, Trey Young wasn't in the game, but he still lit up the Hawks. Portland outshot Atlanta from everywhere on the floor, which is pretty much the reason why they won. I mean, Atlanta, I think, grabbed 17 more rebounds. The turnovers are pretty even. Maybe, I don't remember the free throw discrepancy, and I'm not going to even click into the box score to bog down this podcast even further, but essentially Portland won because they were red hot from the field, and Atlanta's defense sucks. So, 2-1 and one Monday. Um Pivoting, though, to the five-game Tuesday slate. Again, I have three picks. My first one, I'm taking four with the Miami Heat, and they're visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Heater 28-23. Cleveland 31-21. Cleveland just beat the pants off of Miami in their first meeting this season, 113-87. I, like a dunce, forgot to write down when that meeting occurred. I want to say it was early December. However, the Heat were missing Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and Victor Oladipo. 
Butler and Hero are two of their top three leading scorers, and Victor Oladipo has been a solid addition off the bench for the last year or so. Um, Butler was listed as questionable as of the 11.30 Eastern Standard Time NBA injury report. I'm actually not recording this at 1.30 or 1.45 Eastern Standard Time, getting a little bit of a late start. So it was a couple hours ago. Um, I'm not sure if Jimmy Butler's injury status was updated. It looks like he was taken off the injury report. So that explains the early line movement. And we are late here to the party in Miami. But uh, the Cavaliers open as five-and-a-half-point favorites. They're down to four currently. Um, again, not not in love with chasing the steam here. But I think based on how mediocre Cleveland has been playing recently and how Miami is trending in the right direction when fully healthy. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and follow the line movement and say we still have some value with the Miami Heat at this number, and I would play it down to Heat plus 3.5. Um, Cleveland is just 5-5 five and five over the last 10 games. Three of their victories, or excuse me, four of their victories were against um, the Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul George-less Clippers. They beat a terrible Rockets team. They beat the Bucks without Giannis, and they beat the Pelicans, who are missing their two leading scorers, um, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So their their wins over that span haven't been that impressive. And a mostly healthy Heat team would, would be a step up in competition. Their, their defense is nasty. They allow the fewest paint points per game in the NBA. They are third in defensive wide-open three-point attempt rate allowed. Um, and Cleveland's front court honestly isn't good enough to exploit Bam Adebayo. I mean, no one can really exploit Bam Adebayo. He's a defensive player of the year um, candidate perennially at this point. And um, Jared Allen isn't a good enough like ISO low post scorer, and neither is Evan Mobley to really um, to, to really take advantage of the Heat. Again, there's really nothing to take advantage of. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Also, the Cavaliers play at a very slow pace, and that's just going to allow the Heat to set up their half-court defense. So I think the Cavs' pace actually will backfire in their face in this game. And if this game is close, I like Miami to to close it out because Jimmy Butler is one of the best late-game closers in the NBA. It's a he's a big reason Miami is the better clutch team than Cleveland. Um, Clutches defined as games within a five-point margin with five minutes remaining. Um, the Heat are 19 and 15 straight up in those spots. They have a plus 6.8 net rating. The Cavaliers are 16 and 14 in those spots with a plus 2.8 net rating. So if this game is close, I like Jimmy Butler to push Miami over the over the finish line. I'm probably going to sprinkle a little bit on the Heat's money line here, but Plus four is a, is a play I already have on my account. Again, I'd play it down to plus three and a half. Um, I do think Cleveland's recent record and them beating the Heat by 26 points, their first meeting earlier this season, are both uh, misleading. And I think the sharp line movement kind of backs that up. Again, we could be getting to it late, so buyer beware. But I, uh, I'm locking in a Miami Heat plus four bet right now. And my final best bet in the Tuesday five-game slate 
is the second NBA on TNT um, primetime game. I'm going to the Denver Nuggets Pelicans game. Uh, Denver's actually the host team. And I'm going over the total, which I took at DraftKings this morning at 231, and it is still 231. So we'll lock that in here for the NBA Hoops at Lunch show. Um, the Pelicans are 26-25. They've been struggling lately because of injuries mostly. Denver's rolling, around, rolling along 34-16. and 16. Um, But we're going to fade the supposed sharp money back in the under. Um, according to the betting splits that um, the, the websites whose betting splits I use, it appears as though more of the money is on the under and the public is betting the over. Now, you've heard me say a million times that generally you want to follow the money in these situations because sharps or professional bettors bet a lot more money than, you know, you or I. So typically when the cash column is counter to the public or the bets place column, you want to follow the cash column and hope that the cash column eventually goes back to the the public side. That way you're kind of in a spot where you're with the sports books, rooting against the public on the sharp side. Well, I'm thinking the over or the, the, the play on the Pelicans Nuggets under is a fake sharp play. The Nuggets Pelicans total open at 233.5, according to teamrankings.com, and it has been dropped to, again, 231 here. Um, I think the odds makers are... The odds makers are obviously reacting to, to supposed sharp money, but um, they're also, I think the sharp money is coming in based on recency bias, which is, again, why I'd argue is not so sharp. Um, Pelicans, Nuggets, they, they've had two meetings this season. They both have went under the total. The one that they played last Tuesday went under by, by a significant number. I want to say it was 235 or excuse me, it went under the total by 35 points. Uh, Denver beat New Orleans 99-98. The total was set at 232. Yet this matchup ended open at 233.5. Granted, uh, Pelicans all-star Brandon Ingram didn't play in last week's game, so that could be a reason for the one-and-a-half point line movement. But for this total to go under the total... Um, or this under to go on this game to go under the total by 235 points, even with Brandon Ingram being ruled in for this game, you would still think it would be a smaller total for this game. So I'm I'm a little confused. I I think it's just a matter of like the matchup, the styles of these two teams dictate this game being over or going over the total. Um, again, this is a good buy low spot for. Both offenses, the Pelicans have the worst non-garbage time offensive rating over in the NBA over the past two weeks. Um, the Nuggets have gone under the total in four of their past six games, but all that is already baked into the line, as people would like to say. Um, and I think that uh, between both teams' weak interior defense and the fact that both teams overcompensate their weak interior defense by dropping the perimeter defense, giving wide open looks to their opponents means this game is likely to go over the total. Now the nuggets attempt the sixth highest frequency of shots at the rim. The Pelicans are seventh in um, shot frequency at the rim. The nuggets have the second worst defensive field goal percentage 
versus attempts at the rim, and New Orleans has the absolute worst. So both like to take a lot of close shots, shots at the rim, and neither can defend them very well. Um, And again, their weak interior defenses kind of explain why the Nuggets and Pelicans are both bottom 10 and wide open three-point attempt rate allowed. Um, They each give up a lot of uncontested three-pointers because they're worried about their their bigs getting brutalized on the interior. Finally, I I mentioned this with the um, Pistons-Mavericks game, which didn't go our way, but... Typically, I like to look at the referee assignments for these games, and if the officiating crew goes more to the over or the under, then I I, I look for further reasons to to kind of back up um, a, a wager on either side of the total. Well, the three referees assigned to the Pelicans Nuggets games have all officiated more overs this season. They have a combined sixty um, forty seven record to the over this year. So, I think. Um, based on the recency bias and based on both teams having weak interior defenses and just allowing their opponents to chuck threes, um, Denver can certainly get hot from behind the arc, and the Pelicans are due for a bounce-back game offensively. So let's go over 231 in the Pelicans' Nuggets as the third best bet here on the Tuesday NBA slate, combining those with Pelicans plus four, or excuse me, Heat, plus four um, visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Clippers minus three at the Chicago Bulls. All right, guys, best of luck to whether you fade or to you guys, whether you fade or follow me, shoot me um, a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Any social media love would be much appreciated as well. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.